Annyeonghaseyo. Welcome to Afternoon of Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, romance novelists and your K-Romance guides. So grab some duck bokey and listen to your new favorite unease. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi there. <laughs> I was looking for a radio voice. How'd That's I do? It's a good one. I think I think you should adopt that as your podcast voice from here on out. From here on out, I will be talking like this exclusively. <laughs> no, I don't like it. <laughs> it's more of a, it's like an NPR voice. It's like this calm, subdued. <laughs> uh, so I am back from the Jersey Shore. If you, li- <laughs> if you listen. To- <laughs> So I listened to last week's podcast, which uh, just Amy and Leah did, and I'm like cracking up at the whole conversation. First about the passwords. That was a very funny conversation. So if you didn't listen to that, please do. And then the fact that they had no idea where I was. (laughs) The fact that Leah thought I was in the Jersey Shore (laughs) was hysterical. Or Louisiana. Or Louisiana. And that Amy actually had it right but i said one of the carolinas but then doubted yourself yes i did (laughs) so for everyone wondering i was in the outer banks which is in north carolina and they do have gators there and i did not get chomped but i did go on a gator tour a gator kayak tour uh which was a lot of fun and i did see some gators with a very experienced tour guide who kept you safe right i mean yeah she was just (laughs) we had to wear life jackets and <laughs> that uh, would save you from a gator for sure. Yeah, was I mean, he hot though? Like I'm trying to picture like was this like a like you know, I put everything into a romance novel. Like was she in like a bikini and Daisy Dukes and like super hot barefoot just like fuck these gators. So she but, was like, barefoot, which surprised me. She was like walking on these like river rocks barefoot. And I was like, "Oh, I mean, okay." And uh she like she had grown up there, so she was really familiar with uh, the area, but she, I think she went to school in like Utah, Park City, Utah. That's where she goes to college, but obviously she was home for the summer and that's her job in the summer. She does these gator tours and she, I, she did, she rode her kayak with her legs hanging out the side, like zero shits. She wasn't scared of gators. I don't even think she wore a life jacket. So, you know, I mean, and we were like eating on our kayaks too. We were like having a little cliff bar but i guess the gators who, weren't interested who in eats on a kayak why i was hungry <laughs> so did I you had, have peanut butter crackers i did i had a i had a cliff bar um and the kids had some granola bars and how uh, long was this gator tour that you had to have a snack in the kayak well it was like nine to eleven two whole hours and the, that you I couldn't go without a cliff bar well, this is the problem is that we left at seven got there at eight when it was supposed to start but we had to wait an hour until the storm passed did you snack in the car on the way there no (laughs) did you have breakfast no because i was it was hard it was so early (laughs) so i needed to snack on my cliff bar and my kayak (laughs) cliff bars are so gross i don't understand cliff bar eaters really i like the i like the z bars the kids ones i I like cliff bars they taste like flavored dirt. 
I mean, they Not, do. They have that like protein taste, but I'm I gonna don't... yuck your yum right now. No, it's okay. I don't think I, it's not like my kids. Lo- my kids love the kids' ones. My yeah, kids, my love kids the love bars. it too. My kids like dirt favored bars that look like chocolate. They've been <laughs> fooled, <laughs> and so have you. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it's just they're really nice in a pinch, you know. When you when you when you're desperate for a snack on a kayak, on a someday kayak when you tour. find my body starving, like starved and dead, there'll be an unopened Cliff Barnett. <laughs> <laughs> the zombies, the zombies won't get her. It'll be she's dying on the hill of I will not. Yeah, like fuck this Cliff Bar, which is a joke of because my son likes Cliff Bars quite a lot. Oh my god, am I gonna? Are we gonna get sued? Like, am I gonna open us up to liability for frifmarf? You're allowed to say that you don't like something. Megan okay. and I like Cliff Bars. Yeah, and so. we like Cliff Bars. So give us the sponsorship. We'll cut Lee out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just don't take my house, Cliff Bar. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. We're all right. Well, anyway, so that's where I was, but now I'm back. So thank you for holding down the fort. I do have tire marks on my back from you throwing me under the bus, but it's well, it's well deserved. It is well deserved. I did feel guilt. Um, but yeah, I'm back. Now. You know, the one time a year that I pick a drama. Oh I, know. I know. I feel so. I did. I really did feel, feel bad. the Jewish guilt. Feel it. I know. I really did feel bad. I was listening. You felt bad enough that you were like, yeah, I feel bad as I turned on the drama. I really wanted to watch. <laughs> <laughs> as, I, as I watch Udo on shirtless and bloodhounds, I was like, "Yeah, I feel a lot I, of guilt." I couldn't possibly fit it in between all these other things that I do care about. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Well, and anyway, you know that's okay because we all deserve what joy. And if it's not going to bring you joy, just like a Cliff Bar is not going to bring me joy. You don't need to watch it. I don't. It's not going to bring you joy. It's not going to bring you sustenance in a time of need. It's not going (laughs) to give you life. Uh, Any segues into what we're talking about today? Anyone? Oh my god! I can't wait. I can't wait until the segue can be that you're going to be riding a segue. Oh, oh, oh! I do have to tell you, I got. So again, I'm going on this wine tour with uh, my best friend and her mom and all her mom's friends. This is going to be a group. This of... is the second time you've told this. So I know, I know, but listen. Welcome, new listeners. Enjoy, old right. listeners. I apologize, but this is going to be a bunch of almost like seventy-year-olds that, like, I'm really, I'm really going with. So I just got a text message that they, the Segway tour is confirmed and paid for. Like, we're doing it. And someone else said that they thought we should find like a local Segway tour to practice. And someone, <laughs> someone else said, "Who needs practice when there will be wine involved?" And then they said, I hope there's cup holders for our wine on our segways. And that feels illegal to me. <laughs> Can you drive a segway? Like with an open container in California? Isn't it a wine <laughs> tour on a segway? Well, I, yeah, but I guess I don't. I, I don't. I just. So as I'm Googling this very question, yeah. open container segway, California, I have to say that there's a high part of me, like a large part. Mm-hmm that wants to sneak up to Sonoma <laughs> and watch this, get a segue and just be like, fuck you bitches. Like cut you off on a segue. <laughs> come, like, come join us. No, 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 no. Joy. I want Leah. Like, yeah, Leah just like, Leah's just going to make a cameo. Like just yeah. driving across. <laughs> There's no hanging out. I just want to like have like flames coming out of the back of my segue as I'm like, 
<laughs> she's like like a Gong Yu Squid Game cameo. That's Leah. That's what she's. Yeah, gonna I be slap doing. you on the face. Yeah. <laughs> she knocks all the glasses out of the cup holders. <laughs> Think about your life choices. Okay. Well, I've got open container law. Somehow it's ignoring the fact that I've inputted Segway. And like, can to- you get a DUI on a Segway? Okay, I'm gonna. Can you get a DUI? I mean, that's what I want to know. I'm like, this feels illegal. But I mean, I guess you're not. I mean, the things probably top out it five miles an hour right i mean they don't go that fast california law says that anybody who rides a motorized scooter is subject to the same rules as any other driver of a vehicle including a dui that includes if you're riding an electric or motorized scooter can i just tell you what my search came up with because i didn't do it in california i just wrote can you get a dui on a segway and the first thing that pops up is a a website with the heading of can you get a dui on a bike on a horse yeah i just thought can you get a dui on a horse on a horse can you get a dui on a lawnmower did i ever tell you guys i was at a signing it was an a it was a signing for avon and it was at like rwa which is the romance writers of america this was like years ago and for some reason they thought it was a good idea that the sponsor was like barefoot wine or something so when you walked into this like signing in the center was this like massive table full of like plastic wine cups. And I mean, they were like stacked on top of each other. I mean, it was like a pyramid of wine cups. And I was thinking to myself, like, this is, this is going to be like okay. with wine, with wine in them. Yeah. Like you just would take, so you just, and it was unlimited. Like you didn't pay for it. Like anyone who came into the signing room could just take as much wine as they want. And I remember I was sitting there signing and I hear this like crash next to me and some woman on a motorcycle, <laughs> on a motorized scooter had run into one of the tables and books went everywhere and she was clearly drunk and but like no one we all laughed did she get a DUI like she was fine like she wasn't hurt so she was laughing we were all laughing but I think that's when we all collectively realized that this is like a terrible idea to just have this like unlimited wine (laughs) at this event ah god memories it was in well, Vegas, too. I appreciate... Yeah, of course it was. Okay, I appreciate this. Okay. I am now going to make a statement and then segue us. Okay, great. Soberly. Okay. So, in case you ever thought it would be funny to drive around drunk in a Power Wheel or a Barbie Jeep or something like that, uh-huh. under the influence, thinking you were good to go. Uh-huh. Wrong. No? Not even in a Barbie Jeep? Nope. You pop that Barbie Jeep. You pop you pop a six pack down your gullet, take that Barbie Jeep out, you're getting put in the fucking slammer. And you know what that would be in life? That would be a black moment. That would be a locked up in the clink. That would be a locked deep, up in the clink. What you here for? What you here for? Yeah. I crashed I'm my Barbie Jeep. Because I took Barbie Jeep down the highway one with six <laughs> an open open can of four loco with the- six cores in the back <laughs> cores light if you will <laughs> amazing okay. that's a moment that you think about all your life choices <laughs> and it feels like all is lost all is lost and it probably is yeah actually <laughs> i don't know how you'd come out of but that. the darkest hour is the one before the, the light, light. 
all right so come with us on this journey today friends yeah <laughs> uh so in storytelling there is a common plot point or beat as we like to say in writer speak that has several names all is lost dark night of the soul and point of death among others but they all refer to the same thing that writers collectively refer to as the black moment Blake Snyder, author of Save the Cat Screenwriting Techniques, describes this as the lowest point of the story. In an action or mystery, actually, no, one of you can read that and then the third one. In an action or mystery, the black moment occurs after the beat referred to as bad guys close in, where literal bad guys or the hero's flaws make life very hard for the hero. In the black moment, the main character has to self-reflect and see themselves honestly for the first time. According to John Truby, author of The Anatomy of Story, he says this is the most difficult and courageous act the hero performs in the entire story. In a romance, this is sad shower wallow time. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> Gwen Hayes, author of Romancing the Beat, says this is when your character stares forlornly out a window while montages of romantic dates earlier in the story play out in their heads, while a sad song drones on in the background. Hayes makes an important note that we as writers are always striving to achieve. If the black moment comes from external plot points, your heroes are not learning anything. Always have your black moment be tied to the moment when the heroes choose to hold on to their fears, flaws, wounds, misconceptions, instead of opening their hearts completely. As some examples, here's some black moments in popular cinema. Pretty Woman. Vivian decides she no longer wants to feel like Edward. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, wait, can I do the Die Hard one, too? Please. Yeah, I know you want to do the, the Die Hard one. Them. Okay, Die Hard. John McClane realizes the terrorists have one last hostage left, his wife, while he's cornered and injured with two bullets. And he picks glass out of his bare feet while thinking of all the times he was a crappy husband. What follows next is the iconic scene where he tapes a gun to his back, which is not the black moment, but I simply cannot mention Die Hard without talking about this scene. Amy would know this scene. I have. And then Little Miss Sunshine, after Grandpa dies and Dwayne finds out he's colorblind and therefore can't uh, be the fighter pilot he wants to be, the van breaks down as like a third blow, <laughs> leaving the family se seemingly incapable of making it to Olive's pageant. So as you can see, those are like the those are the dark moments of the story when the characters feel all is lost. Uh, and before, again, the dawn rises and good things happen. Yeah, we basically just want to feel like if it's a romance, they're never going to reach their happily ever after. And if it's not a romance, it just seems like... They might you know, die. <laughs> are they going to give up? Yeah. Yeah, or that. Like, if you're ever going to give up, this is the moment. So let's get to what we're, what we're all here for, which is black moments in K-dramas. If you can't tell, we're going to have spoilers in this episode. We'll list the dramas that we mentioned in the show notes, so check them out. And we'll also say the drama name before we get into the spoilers. So 
I'm sorry, I burped. Excuse me. <laughs> Before we get into the spoilers, so you can decide if you want to skip ahead or listen in. So here we go. From white trucks of death to murder to breakups, what is a K-drama black moment that made you cry? Okay. I'm going to talk about a black moment in Bad and Crazy. If you have not seen Bad and Crazy, cover up your listening holes for a minute. Bad and Crazy made you cry. Me too. Yes, we talked about this in the Bad and Crazy pod. I sobbed Same. in Bad and Crazy, yeah. which I was not expecting. Not expecting at all. So in Bad and Crazy, if you have seen the drama, you know that uh, there are two characters, Kay and uh, Suyol, and they are actually the same person. It's a split personality situation. But Suyol, by close to the end of the drama, has accepted Kay as part of him, knows that it is just another side of himself. And when he has faced his demons, which has to do with something that happened when he was a teenager, it's time for Kay to go because Kay has always been there to protect him. And the goodbye between Suyol and Kay in basically inside his head, right? But we see it on the screen. It is the sweetest, most emotional thing. And um, it's in, you know, like the hotel, the hotel hallway of Suyol's mind. And Kay is being all cool and says goodbye to him. And he walks out the exit door into the stairwell. And then Suyol goes to look in the stairwell and see if he's really gone. And Kay is like crouched down, crying so hard that he's like drooling. And I know this doesn't sound like <laughs> very attractive for uh, for our poor Kay, but it was amazing. And I loved it so much. And yeah, I just, I, I bawled in this scene. And it was a great black moment because then you wonder how Suyol is going to survive now without Kay because Kay was such a big part of his personality. It's a great scene and it's a great black moment. Um, for me, I'm going to actually, well, I'm, I was going to mention both, but the first one I'll mention is happiness. So I actually really did cry pretty hard at this. Um, so happiness is the um, like zombie K drama set in an apartment building in Seoul, and <clears throat> it stars Park Hyun Sik and Han Hyo Ju. And the moments, look, black moments where someone sacrifices for someone else are always going to get me, and that's exactly what happens in this drama. Yi Hyun sacrifices himself to get uh Sebom and some of the other residents of the apartment building to safety so he's on the roof he's with um i forget the other who's on the roof with him if i think he's either like a zombie or he has like a i know he has a gun i just can't remember if he was bitten or not and but he manages to get Sebom and the other residents to safety and that's also when Sabom realizes he's been bitten. And so the black moment there is you don't, the, as the viewers, you know he's making this huge sacrifice. And I couldn't, I really thought he was going to die. I fully did not know. And I guess that's what got me for this drama too. Because I was kind of, I don't think I was watching it live, but I, I hadn't been spoiled, thank God. And I really thought he might die. So for me, that black moment was so dark. Because I was convinced he was going to get shot. He was going to die. Um... And I, I didn't think we'd get an ADA and well, we did, but that was a black, the, when uh, watching him make that sacrifice for her 
and also like the her face the say mom's like dawning horror that she realizes what he's doing and that she might never see him again but yet she has to leave to help save the other residents as well oh just so heartbreaking and i really did feel i was like oh my god all is lost they're not gonna make it that's a good scene it is it's a really, really good scene, scene. I do. I want to. I want to add to just to go back a second. I I feel like there can be more than one black moment too in a drama because dramas kind of go up and down. Because mm-hmm. um, I do like. I, I'm feeling like if people have watched Bad and Crazy, they might be thinking that there are other black moments. Like there is. There's a whole like murder situation, and I think there's a black moment there as well. But I think this is was an emotional one because there was some acceptance, but then there was also he's giving up a part of himself, and how is he going to survive without it? Well, I think sometimes... So I want to push back on this. Oh, you okay. really think there's more than one for a character... Like, not for an ensemble, but for a character, you you think there's more than one black moment? Because I... Not disagree. for every character. No, 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 I'm not saying, like, character... So there's... I feel like in... I feel like in Bad and Crazy, there is an external black moment, and I feel like there's an internal black moment, and I don't feel like they were the same. I do think that there can be black moments... Like, sometimes, too, I think there can be black moments for the romance that are also not necessarily the black moment. Because there's K- they're K-dramas. They're not, like, yes. a singular But there's other crisis thing. beats. Like, if I, I have to, like, pull it out. That's what I'm saying. I feel like there's other crisis beats that, like, up the ante or ratchet it. But the black moment is, like, that internal... To me, like a good black moment should be the internal, like when there has to be like a big shift internally, not just like the big boom on the outside. Well, I would say that I think that's the way it should be, but I don't think all K-dramas follow it. No, no, but I I would say that if there's like two and there's an internal shift moment and a big boom moment, I'm going to give the black moment to the internal shift part. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I don't think there's two black. I just want to... I don't think there's like two black moments in a show. Like, I think you can have like an escalation of things. I think there can be more than one black moment if there's more than one main character. Like if you're doing like a yes. cast. Like an on- yeah. Because you're following each of their plot threads. But if there's a whole drama, I don't think you're going to have black moment, black moment, black moment. Because the black moment is the moment of pivot in some way. You could have an escalation and conflict or all th- things seem worse, worse, worse. But I don't think you're like, all hope is lost. Everything's fucking done. And then do it again. And then do it again. Because I'm going to mention Squid Game in a little bit, which has that multiple times. But I would not say that there's a black moment over and over and over. But I think you can have a moment where something external happens where you think all can be lost. I do agree that the internal is better. I absolutely do. But I do think you can have an external where you don't know how it's going to end well. I've got to look up the beats because i'm slightly tipsy and i forget that's fine but i may just i may just be misnaming it and that's fine too no i feel like being argumentative (laughs) okay i'm not pushing back like i don't care (laughs) i think that i mean i would i would say that sometimes in k-dramas though i think sometimes there can be kind of like well because i i guess i would say it depends because not all K dramas are following the the beats that are that are. I mean, so, a lot of them are, but I would say sometimes there's like a romance black moment that doesn't line up with the external black moment, even though like theoretically it should. It doesn't. 
Does that make sense? So sometimes there can be a black moment in the romance, but that's not like the plot's black moment. Yeah, but there's also like false, false climaxes that happen. Oh yeah. Oh, that would be like. Um, oh, what so is in that? like a traditional action movie, you might have like a massive fight scene where your main character still hasn't like hit some sort of a goal, but they're not being like. Correct. I know what you mean, but I don't think that's what like. I don't think we're arguing with you, meaning like I agree with you. I want to know a drama that has two black moments for one character. I would say some action dramas would, because I would say that, again, I wouldn't say there's two black moments. I would say sometimes they might have a black moment. Like, I think romances sometimes can have two, like a romance that's an action drama can have maybe like a romance black moment, but then there's like an external conflict black moment. I wish I could think of one right now. I know. And that's what I was, that's what I'm trying to get at with, with bad and crazy, because I don't think we have an emotional black moment when we have an external black moment, which is basically like, you know, like vanquishing the baddie type thing. And, you know, you, before you vanquish the baddie. So I don't, I don't know. But you I can vanquish the baddie, but the real, the real baddie is the one within, which is whatever the growth is that you have to have in your black moment. The real you know, baddie like, is the one within. Yeah. yeah. So you could have a moment where like you, I mean, I think it's pretty common in stories where you like, there'll be some sort of like big fight scene culmination. Somebody goes down like, oh, it's all like, a moment strangers from hell will be an example i'm going to touch on where you feel like you've had a moment but then there's still a black moment where there's still like a little like they're going to ratchet it internally i don't know i really, yeah no i, I, I know, know what you're actually, saying i, I think <laughs> so okay i know i've talked about chris and ashley before on i'm just using this as an example i've talked about chris and ashley a romance writer who i love her books are interesting because her books are extremely romantic, but then there's always this really, really dramatic external plot. Like there's always a kidnapping. There's like always murder. There's just drama. And her books follow an interesting pattern because her, she will often, she'll have a black moment within the romance. So that there's like all hope is lost. They're never going to be together. Oh my God. And that's the internal struggles. That's the internal one where they're like battling, you know, their flaws and things like that. And then they kind of have like this HEA. And then she brings in the outside conflict for this like last drama. And that's where one of them gets kidnapped. So it's like the emotions aren't involved anymore. Like, you know, they're going to get an HEA because they've already like established that. But then he just has to like rescue her. So and it's like, not a black moment. It's just part it of It is the a black moment because she's like, like the one she's like buried alive. And you think she's like Stop. not, and you think she's like, so, so to me, that's like an external black moment. I don't know. I don't know what, if like Amy would agree with me, but so. That's kind of where I was going with bad and crazy. Like yeah. I think, I think that sometimes the internal and the external don't line up. I think it's They're better when to. they happen at the same time. Correct. I do. But they don't always. And it's funny because I was reading through some of my books looking for a black moment. And I realized that some of my books, they don't line up. <laughs> So I don't follow what Gwen Hayes tells me to do, but because, um, yeah, some. I mean, it's not that I'm like, I'm like the least structured, rigid person when it, well, I mean, I guess not the least, but I mean, like, I don't feel like this is something I adhere to. I still just push back because like in Lord of the Rings, which who's who here hasn't watched one of you has not read it. Which one of you what? have you read? Have you both read them? I've, I've read, read and them. Watched I've the watched movies. them. Yeah. Hello. So okay. this isn't Star the, Wars. Okay, <laughs> I get confused. I know. It's so, okay. you know, at the end, they vanquish Sauron. Black fucking moment. Right. Okay? Like, black moment, 
they are going to lose. Then they beat Sauron. Then at the very end, they huck on back to the Shire where we have Saruman, the white wizard with worm tongue laying fucking waste to the hobbit land in the shire and they have to like beat him again but at that point it's like not another black moment it's like a i'm like tolkien fucking end it like we don't need to go back and have like mini hobbit war but it was just like this little blip on the end to the conflict no i wouldn't call that another black moment either that's just another conflict tacked on that was stupid i mean yeah i would almost call that like yeah like it's not so i like yeah i don't I don't think that was another black moment. Okay. You know what? I enjoy this conversation. I could do it all night and I don't want to be here all night. So let's yeah. keep going. That was, I think that's an interesting conversation though. I think we're, yeah. you know, we're talking about the structure of story and I would say, you know, I think sometimes we make it seem maybe when we talk about these like beats and everything that it's like black and white. And so maybe like if listeners are like, but I didn't, I couldn't like tell what the black moment was in this. Well, that's because, it's not always black and white um, the way the way a story is structured, and especially K-drama when you have something stretched out over 16 episodes. There's going to be a lot of ebbs right. and flows in stories. And so it's not as linear as, say, like a contemporary romance book, which is much easier to plot out. And not I shouldn't say easier, but it, it's going to follow a little bit more linear um, story structure, in my opinion, than, say, a K-drama. And there are some things, and we'll get into it later, like when we talk about gray moments and stuff, like there are some things that don't really do black moments, that, that they too. don't want it to get to the all is lost part. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about that too. Yeah. All right. So for right now, what's a black moment you didn't see coming? Well, wait, do you want to talk about one that made you cry? Oh. Or no? Sure. Okay. If we didn't even get to that. I haven't even finished. You didn't, it, no, you didn't get to made you cry so we want to hear it okay (laughs) so you're like one eye it's like not opening (laughs) well i didn't even realize we're not even through the first question i know it's okay a little bit of uh like okay gotta get this together yeah so okay for me i went with your favorites l-o-l-z um (laughs) mr queen and a moment that got me is at the end they are basically waging a hopeful yet seemingly hopeless like retaking of power and the premise of mr queen is we have two people in one body we have the actual queen and then we have a chef from the future bang Juan. and some baddies there's a lot of intrigue that's happening i'm not going to belabor us repeating it but just know there's lots of intrigue they're going back to try to retake power and be like the righteous leaders who care about people and want to do good. They get back to the palace, assassin on the roof, puts the gun towards the king, the queen with the two, the queen and the chef in the body jumps forward, gets the bullet. Assassin shoots again, gets the king. They're both laying there in the courtyard of the palace, like, bleeding out little fingers inching towards each other just like <laughs> yeah it's a good scene. it is a good scene i totally cried during it and then we have <clears throat> bong juan wakes up in modern time popping out of a coma like boom and i bawled 
that is a really good scene. It is. It's a good scene. And part of the reason it's a black moment was like everything, like, are they going to die? What's going to happen? There's two people in this body. Who's going to live? Who's going to die? What's going to happen? And I really, at that point, was all in on the Bong Juan love affair with the king. Like, I felt like at this point we were almost like going into like some sort of like post-gender love story. <laughs> and so I was very invested. And when he got kicked out of the body, I was really sad because I was all in. Uh, I'm just going to give an honorable mention uh, uh, for Love Between Fairy and Devil. I'm not really actually going to get into the black moment because uh, it's really convoluted, but it's another one where a character sacrifices for the person they love. And that gets me every it's always a good one. Yeah. freaking time. I cried so hard at Love Between Fairy and Devil. I, I don't even know how to explain how hard I cried. Just bawled my eyes out i did too i think we all did in the Mm -hmm. dark on my couch like so pathetic with my cats surrounding me because they were concerned because cats know and uh such a it's just such a good one all right now i'll ask the question okay (laughs) what's a black moment that you didn't see coming okay i'm gonna spoil bloodhounds right now uh, I don't think this would, if I spoil it, this is going to affect your enjoyment of Bloodhounds. Uh, but I need to, uh, I need to spoil it. So Bloodhounds is, uh, Wudo Wan, Isang Yi. They are kind of like amateur boxers. Uh, and essentially they're in a fight with a loan shark. Cause the loan shark is uh, first, uh, has threatened, Udo Wan's mother, and they also realize he's threatening like a lot of the, uh, a lot of the lower social or lower economic status people in the neighborhood. And they get help from like kind of like a rich benefactor to to fight this loan shark, but he's older. He's in a wheelchair. Um, and, but he's got these like two assassins sort of like knife assassins that work for him. And, you know, you know, not everyone's going to make it like, you know, that the drama is gearing up for, um, the black moment and you know, not everyone's going to make it. Cause you know, you have these like two, the two like kind of knife, knife assassins and they start talking about like their future, like, oh, next month, let's go on a vacation together. And you know, like, if you, you know, watch dramas, you, like, know that's a that's a signal. Oh, no, they're not making it to that future. But the thing about Bloodhounds that got me is how many people died in the Black moment. Almost everyone died. <laughs> it was, and, and this is the thing. Usually when you have beloved characters who die, or, like, good you know, what you would call, like, the good guys, I guess, die. They usually die in a way mm, that's usually not, like, super violent, demoralizing. Um, it's usually done with, like, dignity. Um, it's usually in a way that you don't necessarily feel like the bad guy got the upper hand on them. Nope. Not not in Bloodhounds. The good guys died in horrible, drawn-out, violent ways. Mm. It was so heartbreaking for me i can't it was truly and and one of the main leads gets stabbed and you think he's gonna die Isangi. i am telling you it i just didn't see it coming because i didn't know that that many people were gonna die it was three of them basically 
and I didn't know they were going to die in horrible, violent, drawn-out ways. That we were going to watch these, like, fights that lasted, you know, I don't know, five minutes. It was, oh my god. I just did not see it coming. It, sh it shocked me, and I will never be over. I will never be over Bloodhounds. So there you go. Totally spoiled it for you. But if you're still into that stuff, go ahead and watch it. So, nope. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I don't, I don't need to watch that one. <laughs> You're Thank like, you. no, nah, it's okay. No. <laughs> I already told you not to. Yeah. No, that's not for me. Yeah. So one for me, and, and here's one where a drama that I, I did not get super emotionally attached. So I feel like a lot of this was external for me, even though there, there was a lot of emotion, I'd say, displayed between the characters. Um, I didn't get emotionally attached to Little Women, but I did have a good time watching it because it was bonkers. Um, and the black moment was bonkers bananas bonkers. okay so like even in a drama that is super over the top and bonkers i did not see this black moment coming <laughs> again here comes a spoiler i don't think this will change your enjoyment of the drama knowing this, knowing this i think it's going to make you want to be like how the fuck does this happen so one of the big things about this drama are these blue orchids right they were orchids right mm -hmm. these blue orchids that if you smell them they have they make you hallucinate they can kill you like they have a very like it's a drug-like effect right especially if you crush it up into water and make somebody drink it that's not the black moment though the black moment is when the baddie thinks that she's gonna win and has lured the sister and the I don't even know which the sister's friend who was like a protege of the baddie bad, you know, um, the main baddie mm -hmm. um, who we thought was dead, who we thought killed herself and really has been hiding out. Um, and our villain has them in her like basically underground, like orchid greenhouse type thing and somehow has rigged it so that. <laughs> Instead of water coming from the sprinklers that that water the orchid trees, it's hydrochloric acid. <laughs> and it starts to rain down hydrochloric acid from the ceiling. Ouch. While while um while our main character's like friend who we thought had committed suicide is like tied to a chair with like nothing to cover her, her burning skin. Um, and she, and the, so there is some emotion there where she has to decide, like she's, she can escape, right? She can escape if she wants to, or she can go back and she can save this person, which of course she does. Um, but yeah, hydrochloric acid, black, black moment, not expecting that. Mm -mm. It came out, we were like, it came out of freaking nowhere, but like it's acid and it was, I mean, that's when you think, oh God, they're not making it out. I mean, it's raining acid. I mean, yeah. that's, kind of, <laughs> that's pretty bad. It's pretty yeah. bad. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to touch on Strangers from Hell, which, you know, had multiple uncomfortable scenes. But I'm going to go with what I would define as the black moment is, um, you know, we have this final showdown between Im Siwan, our protagonist, Jung-woo, and he stabs the cannibalistic dentist 
played by E. Dong Uk Munzo, through the neck before asking him why you kill so many people. <laughs> <laughs> and as E. Dong Uk is bleeding out, he says he likes gnawing on the innocent. Then he collapses and says that Jung Woo himself is his masterpiece. That's the end of the scene. Is it the end? Is it really what happened? Dot, dot, dot. We don't know because what we then find out is this is very unreliable. Did this really happen? Was Jung Woo very complicit and a good little murder buddy? Who knows really what happened? In the end, there's a lot of open to interpretation of what actually went down. Did Lee Dong Nook's character die? That's between MC Wan and Baby Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> That's I will great. Say, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no. I mean, my hunch is no. Lee Dong Nook is not dead right. at all. Um, and it's a we great just, black moment. It yeah, is. It is. And it's good because it's a black moment. It feels like all hope is lost. Then we hit a resolution point, and then we flip into the uncertainty at the very, very end when you're like, actually, yeah. I don't know anything. Yeah, yeah, it's great. That's a good one. Uh, so what's a romance drama that had a well-plotted black moment a la Romancing the Beat, which is, uh, again, Gwen Hayes has a great book. And it's kind of what we were talking about before, which obviously the external and romance, like black moments occur at the same time. They're interwoven. The, you know, it all comes together. So what, uh, what's one that you guys like? I forgot to answer this one. <laughs> okay. Leah, can, you can go. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with Eighth Sense, yeah. which is a K-drama BL. And I liked this for a number of reasons why I thought it was a good, I mean, it was felt like a very classic black moment. So in this, we have the two leads, um, you know, they had just the setup to it was kind of perfect. It was just like adorable, like the cutest of things. So we have like Jaewon kissing Jihyun saying this is to relieve his childhood trauma. We have Jihyun kissing Jaewon back saying he's going to give Jaewon trauma. They're like laughing and making out in the water. Then there's like the big montage where we know like the boinkin happens essentially. <laughs> then, dun 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 dun, they go out to have a fun surf session. And the whole thing is that the whole premise of Jaewon, one of the leads arcs is that he has this mask of like happiness to the world but he's really fucking traumatized and he's really traumatized because when he was with his brother his little bro his little bro drowned so he's out having a surf sesh with his new bae who he's just gotten like gotten knocking boots with and shit happens and Jihun starts drowning and J1 tries his best to save him ends up dragging you know, his bae's seemingly lifeless body out of the water. And the next thing we know, we just see at the end of the episode, Jaywan sitting at a beach by himself, like looking out to sea. Is Jihyun dead? What happened? But I mean, I knew he wasn't dead, but it was like, <laughs> you know, it was a good moment of like, after that, we had a lot, like, after that, because you, you have a choice with a black moment. Like, sometimes you might rally 
and actualize and go for it. And in this case, we had an unraveling. Like basically what happens was like, you know, it was like, yes, yes, everything's happening. We are in love. We're going to actually have sex, fun, fun, dead. Oh shit. It's like all my trauma points hitting. I'm going into hard retreat. And so I like that too, because that also shows that like sometimes in a black moment, you're going to see the hero completely unravel before mm-hmm. having like the final happy ending. Yeah. And also completely, like he retreated hardcore, which oh, yeah. is a really Just common romance. Went back to his ex-girlfriend who was like the worst person ever. Yeah. Like in a romance kind of that, that retreat is huge. That's uh, a very common romance beat to just pull completely back, close off your heart. And that's exactly what Jay Wan did after that. To protect everyone, including the love of his life. I know. <laughs> and that's always like, there's it's nothing such, more romance than that. It's such a good romance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to talk about Mad for Each Other. So I actually, we, we don't talk about this drama a lot, which I'm sad because I really love it. But Mad for Each Other is um, a very interesting drama. So both leads are in therapy. The male lead um, has anger issues and he's like on, he's essentially been like, I want a break from his job, <laughs> a forced break. And the female lead has a really sad story. She was horribly um, abused by her ex-boyfriend. And it's basically completely shattered her. I mean, her confidence, herself, her just everything. It's heartbreaking. And uh, they kind of, they're neighbors, and they kind of sort of bond. And the black moment is basically where sort of both of their insecurities come back in the form of like external conflicts. So his ex-girlfriend returns and kind of taunts the female lead. And so the female lead, like it it immediately shatters all the confidence that she had, um, that she had like gained through, through the relationship with the male lead. And then um, her ex-boyfriend also returns. And again, just dredging up everything um, that she has. And a big part of her arc is that no one trusted her that this abuse happened. And when she tries to talk to the male lead about like his ex-girlfriend coming back, he doesn't fully believe her. So it was like that, like trust that they'd built up over all the episodes were just broken down in a matter of like minutes. It just brought back both of their insecurities, his anger, her trust and it was just oh my god i i mean that black moment really broke me because at this point you want to just like cuddle both of those characters and you just want them to be happy and i would say that's why the happily ever after of that drama was so satisfying for me but it was a really really dark black moment for that romance where you just i Mm. really felt like all is lost they are not going to be able to regain uh what they had that's a good one. It's such a good drama, too. It's so good. Um, I've got one. And it's, I mean, I, sh- I'm, I I don't know if anybody else talks about this one later, but it is the one that brought us to K-dramas in the first place. That's Crash Landing on You. Um, so if you haven't seen Crash Landing on You by now and you're a K-drama person, I I, I don't know where you've been. Um, I'm gonna I'm going to spoil it. So Amy's throwing shade. I know. No, I know. But so uh, 
you know, we go, half the drama takes place in North Korea, you know, with Suri landing in North Korea after her paragliding incident into a tornado. And then the second half takes place in South Korea. Um, and finally, uh, Captain Rhee and his, you know, his, his little, his little, little men um, of his troop, they're, they're finally captured and are going to be sent back, you know, to North Korea. And Sari is in the hospital having just survived first being shot and then um, and then blood poisoning <laughs> when she when she goes into sepsis and then has to have, you know, I think she has to have more surgery. I'm not even sure. Um, but she. This, you know, this is after so she, she, this is after uh, Captain Ray basically tells her that it was all an act like this is what makes, you know, makes her basically decide she doesn't want to see him anymore. Tells her it's all an act that the reason why he even came to South Korea was he knew that, you know, she was wealthy and all the stuff to make her basically stay away from him because he knows that it's dangerous for for them to be connected um, now that he's been captured by the South Korean government. So. She wakes up from her, you know, she comes out of the the surgery. She's finally, she's going to live for the second time. Um, and she finds out that Captain Rhee and his men are being brought back to the, um, the, the border. And her mom says, are you going to go see him to say goodbye? And she's like, no. And she's like, he stood by your window when you were in that glass cased room whatever that was he stood there until you woke up like he was there for days and she's like what you know and so then they race to meet him at the border and you know he's in handcuffs and she's running after you know surgery and run to like say their goodbye because who knows when the fuck they're ever gonna see each other again like talk about a black moment they get to say their goodbye but then you're like what the hell they're never gonna see each other again external but also the internal that goes with that is how are these two going to behave afterwards? Like you guys are talking about like, you know, sometimes the the behavior is to retreat and they both could have done that. She could have retreated back into her little like, I don't connect with anybody. I don't do anything. I don't trust anyone. Um, and he could have gone, you know, right back to the army and just, you know, lived his life like he always had been denying the fact that he wants to be a concert pianist and all this stuff. Um, but instead they have changed because of each other and they start living their own lives separately so that when they do finally reconnect however many months later that they are whole people on their own and now they can have their you know wonderful two weeks a year so i think that that's a really great black moment insofar as i i mean even watching the drama like a second and a third time you still get that feeling of how can this possibly end happily like, they can't see each other. It's not legal for them to do so. Um, and how are they going to survive without each other? And they make it work. And I, I love that idea of becoming the whole person yourself before you are ready to be with the the love of your life. Yeah, they had whole arcs where they became better people yep. because of each other. Um, okay, so... What's a drama with a black moment so dark that you didn't think it would stick the landing, and then it did? Amy, you can go first. This is a good okay. One. I'm just going to talk about one part. Um, so this is Flower of Evil, folks. This is the drama that you don't want spoiled if you haven't seen it. So please, 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 go away for a couple minutes. <laughs> Fast forward. Whatever you got to do. 
um, because I want you to watch this drama because it's one of my top five. So Flower of Evil um, has a lot of twists and turns, but finally, towards the end, um, our hero, um, I'm going to say the name wrong, Um, our our, our hero who's been going by Beck Hee-sung is really Do Hyun-soo, like he's been going under an assumed identity for reasons, we're not going to get into that, but... He's fighting, you know, he's fighting the good fight at the end, you know, with the baddie or whatever. And he gets shot in the head. And your first thought is, how are we going to survive this? Like, you get shot. Like, that's a terrible thing. He survives, but, but the best use of the amnesia trope ever is in this drama. So he survives, but he has amnesia. He does not remember his wife or his child who both love him and miss him. And this whole drama, he has been questioning whether or not he is a psychopath because it is this great, I mean, we can get into this whole like nature nurture argument um, because he was raised by a psychopathic murderous father um, who tried to basically make him the mirror of himself. Um, So it is this question of, was he raised to be a psychopath? Is it the nurture or was he born a psychopath? Does he really not feel emotions, all this stuff? And the reason why this is the greatest use of the amnesia trope is because, you know, talk about like the soul backpack or whatever you want to call it. It's his heart who remembers her. It's his heart. Like, he, you know, he they, they keep having, you know, like run-ins and stuff like that. And finally, he's like, I don't understand why I feel this way when I'm around you. Like I have, you know, he has this sort of feeling of, of loss or whatever. And I just, I freaking loved it. I cried so hard. Um, at the resolution of this black moment because you do think, well, okay, well, shit's over now. Like, he's got amnesia. He doesn't remember his family, but everybody's safe now, so there's at least that. And so it is that emotional remembering and that sort of proof to himself that he is not his father, um, that he is his own person. And he his everything that he thought was staged his whole life, like he staged being in love and all that stuff, that it was real. Yeah, I agree. Oh, God. That made me cry a lot, too, that drama. Um, So I'm going to mention All of Us Are Dead. And the black moment is really rough because it is after our... So the black moment occurs after our beloved Chong San has has died. He again has sacrificed. Let's see, this it's always the it black is the sacrifice. Like, yeah, it's the sacrifice. So he sacrifices himself, basically. Uh, he and Gui Nam go like launching off of a building and and uh, in like fire or whatever, and and die. And the black moment after that is so terrible because all the students who had survived this like zombie apocalypse in their high school. They feel, first of all, like they've just been through massive trauma. And they also feel completely abandoned by the adults in their lives that were supposed to care for them. And I thought it was interesting, too, because they show this essentially like almost like a refugee camp for the people that survived um, this like area. And I like that they like showed life there and how, you know, monotonous but also like 
like it's just there was dread hanging over everyone there was melancholy and thought and i would i remember thinking like how are they gonna turn this drama around like they're just ending on this like depressing note and and like your beloved main character died who you were like rooting for the whole drama and you're like how is this i believe nothing well yeah <laughs> but i was like how are they how are they gonna leave me like are they gonna leave me like this like feeling like this and then they turned it around they return the bunch of the students are like you know what we're gonna go back to the school we we're, we're gonna go back to that last place um and she like tries to find Chong San, the, the the female lead. Of course, he she does not find him. But they leave it on this hopeful note because they find one of the students who had been bitten but not turned into a zombie was there, still alive, and she's like superhuman. And they again they all sit around this like fire and and talk like friends. And there's this just like hope sort of and it's like done in such a way that it just shocked me that they were able to leave me with this feeling of hope when i had just watched you know like 12 episodes of death and trauma from zombies you know what i mean right i just thought the black moment was so dark i didn't think they were going to be able to give me any sort of like happy feeling and then the drama managed to do that and i that's one of the reasons i love it so much so here's a question we're talking about okay what is what is the black moment and can there can there be more than one is the black moment chunk san and guinam going down like that elevator shaft in fire is that when we think all is lost or is the black moment when the helicopter comes and then leaves i would say no when the when the helicopter comes and leaves i think that is just one of those kind of uh i have to look i have to look it up i think that's like and I'm 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 confusing what came before the other two, so that's why I'm not right. sure. No, I consider the helicopter just uh, like a setback plot point. I think the black moment is, um, because even though they've been rescued, like there's still that like overall sense of failure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, no, because I feel like even when the helicopter left. I don't know. There weren't as many. I don't know. I But I wouldn't consider that, no. Because I do think, like, Guinam and Chong Sun, like, that death scene, what followed after that was kind of, like, the third act, mm-hmm. in a way. And I think that's another thing about the black moment. If you, I don't write in a three-act story structure, but a lot of people do, and that's kind of, like, a common screenwriting technique. The black moment usually is, like, the opening of the third act. Like, the, the main, that main, like, because Chong San dying in All of Us Are Dead wasn't the black moment. What follows is the black, like, the, the, like, all is lost wallow valley is the actual black moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that would be essentially, like, the start of the third act. So, I guess, you know, you can look at it that way, too. What do you got, Leah? I got Squid Game. Yeah. Leah, so, Leah I just want to say really quick. Whenever you're typing, I can hear it. Oh. Like I I was like it. Like it's yeah. on your track. Like, yeah. So Squid Game is a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> it's, 
And, but I'm going to like, you know, I mean, like, where's the black moment in this, right? Because I was like, I'm going to talk about Squid Game because we haven't talked about Squid Game in a long time. And yeah. they're coming back, coming back. Kong Ha Newell and MC Wan are going to be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's where I'm calling the black moment. And it's after a truly horrible steak dinner, <laughs> two contestants are left. And these are childhood friends who face off in the eponymous final game, Squid Game, which is basically a game of chicken where players are hopping all over a squid-like diagram. And we see the our protagonist, Jihan, make his move. He gets the upper hand and he has his childhood friend who was like the golden boy of the neighborhood right there, ready to die. This friend, Songwoo, has not been a good friend to him in Swig. <laughs> so he could kill him, but he decides not to. He decides to forfeit, give up the winnings as long as he and Songwoo can walk away. However, Song-Woo, who's come this far in the game, there's only two of them left, and for him to get where he has, has truly sacrificed everything. All of his humanity has really taken a hard knock in this game. And he's decided it's too fucking much. Like, he's, he's come too far. He's too dehumanized, and he's too shamed by what he did. He ends up taking the knife and plunging it into his own neck so that our protagonist does not have to do the deed. His dying wish is only that the hero takes care of his mother. Therefore, unwillingly, Ji-hun becomes the winner of the squid game. Although, on that pile of fucking bodies, like what, 435 bodies or whatever, it feels a little hollow. Yeah, he's 456, right? Yeah, something. Yeah. I think he's There's 456, so 455 people had to die for him to get that money. It's crazy. Yeah. And from there, there's more unhappiness to come and life lessons. But I feel like that really felt like a pivot where he had a choice to, like, kill his friend, take the money and do it. And instead, he's like, I'm going to keep my humanity. And his friend's like, well, I've already fucked my humanity. I'm just going to die. <sighs> Yeah. And yeah, I didn't know where it was going to go. So that's where it went. Crime doesn't pay. <laughs> Even if you win, you still feel like you lost. Crime doesn't pay. <laughs> when oh, you lose, God. you lose. And when you win, you lose. The optimism, I mean, like optimism, I know it's making a point on desperation. Like this many people were desperate to play the game. I mean, that's a pretty optimistic, <laughs> like, you know, like those aren't odds I'd be wanting to go with. I'd be hitting the red button being like, get me the fuck out. Yeah. Bad call. It was like today when I said, I wish I had a pair of turkey legs. Bad call. <laughs> I regret everything. <laughs> I had to answer a question in the Patreon that I posed, which was if you could swap animal legs with your own legs, what would you pick? And I went with the first thing that popped into my head, which was turkey legs, I which was, was kind of. A horrific choice because yeah. it left me vulnerable vulnerable to predators <laughs> <laughs> makes me squat 
Like, there's nothing good about what I picked. <laughs> no. Some people had really good ones. I like, someone said Mountain Goat, and I was like, now that yeah. would be agile and smart. Yeah. Someone else had a frog bouncing along. I was yeah. like a turkey. I mean, just fucking <laughs> dangle me out to the mountain lion. Yeah, they're like right slow now. as shit. Like, what were you thinking? I'm going to wobble along. Yeah. It's just me and my tiny turkey legs coming up my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and I think turkey legs are like hollow, probably. There's like, you know, it's not much bone there. It'd be a black moment to wake up with a pair of turkey legs. <laughs> <laughs> Very black moment and then so then you're like staring out the window thinking of all the times you had with your with all your the times you legs. didn't have all the times you didn't have turkey legs and there's and like then, a sad song in the background then when you put the human legs on the animals then you have a turkey with my legs okay 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 so look wait wait really like, quick before we do the next one megan did you i thought i had two there don't reach absolute rock bottom. So this often occurs in like quieter dramas with low stakes. So what's a gray moment that either worked for you or didn't work for you? And I guess we can also talk about why this was, this was like a hard question for us. Mm -hmm. And we can kind of talk about why that was as well. And yeah. how you feel about gray moments. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a hard time coming up. Like I, I, I eventually jotted something down, but I had a hard time coming up with something because gray moments are forgettable mm -hmm. to me. Because if there's not drama, if there's not really like a, a dark night of the soul, like all is lost, like I'm worried about how this is going to end, I don't really remember it. I like conflict. I like big conflict. Um, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why I like fantasy so much, because fantasy can go really big with the conflict. Um, because there's always some sort of, you know, magical or fantastical way to, to hopefully make a happily ever after at the end. Um, and I, I brought up in our Slack discussion that this kind of reminded me of, and this is no shade at all on Hallmark movies, but I don't watch Hallmark movies because there is no black moment in them. They are happy from beginning to end with maybe a tiny, tiny, super light gray moment at some point. And that is totally fine for anybody who doesn't need big conflict in their story, but I do. And so that that's why this one was really hard for me. And I think eventually I came up with um, hit the spot for a gray moment because there was never a point in this drama that I was worried that anybody wouldn't be happy in the end. But it was basically the, the heroine who, you know, for, for the first half of the drama was in like a loveless you know, relationship and that didn't have, you know, good sex decided that all she wanted was sex and was, you know, going with the trope of, you know, teach me how to have good sex. And the man who was an author um, at her publishing company ends up falling in love with her and she decides, nope, I'm going to leave and take some time for me because I need to find out who I am without a man type of thing, mm -hmm. which is great. But I was never like, oh, man, how's this going to end? Like, how is anybody going to be happy? Like, I, there was none of that. Right, because she, like, was happy. Like, it was. She, right, there was no, no, like, and he was like, he was like, well, I want you to be happy. Like, I'm not yeah. going to try and hold you back. Yeah, so was like, it was. Okay. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. You're right. I forgot about that. There was, like, no, there, that wasn't, that was, like, that was, like, off white. <laughs> <laughs> there was no conflict. <laughs> There was no. zero conflict. No. 
I enjoyed it being a very sex positive drama and I thought there was yeah. a lot of good, you know, in that, but like there was no conflict. Yeah, I was trying to think of one and I was like, I guess like some of like the rom coms, like to see this is the problem is that I'm the same as you. I didn't I don't like right now off the top of my head, I cannot remember the black moment of business proposal. No, I, I wrote it down because I wrote it down because I couldn't remember it and I thought maybe one of you could. No, that's mm. the thing. I remember many parts of business proposal. I liked it a lot. I remember Samantha and Rachel. Like I remember so much of business proposal, but I do not remember the black moment because I don't think it was like was he caught the rain? Was he caught in the rain? the rain? Yeah, I mean, but I, I literally don't remember because I, I don't think I, it just didn't make a big impact on me because I don't think it was very. It wasn't dark. It never actually. I mean, obviously, the best romance black moments are ones where you're like, I have zero idea how they're going to end up together, and then somehow the author creatively gets them together and that's the challenge of romance right of writing romance is like when you pick up a romance novel you know it's going to end in a happily ever after so that author better do the job of making you think it can't end happily it's literally with that black moment although okay two things one is to just be a contrary bitch tonight is sometimes romances that we write do have great moments intentionally so because oh yeah it's just gonna like and i'm gonna go back to like probably one of the bigger reasons with Hallmark that it happens. Cause I think of like when we are doing Christmas or holiday theme books, there's generally a very, very great moment there. You're not really like, agree. Agree. All oh, yes. is lost in a holiday read. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Correct. <laughs> no. it, it's usually intentional. Yeah. Correct. If, if it's done well, it's an intentional, like yes. I'm choosing to do a great moment where it's yeah. not going to really, but I wanted to say that I was trying to remember too. Cause I was like, God, I can't even really remember great moments like they Mm -hmm. are forgettable so i like googled around and was like megan i'm gonna throw you a bone here you are welcome i was like gray moments and somebody was like look a really light drama is i'm not a robot (laughs) who the fuck said that oh what he almost okay spoiler spoiler for i'm not a robot he almost dies You have to, you agree that's crazy, right? I mean, I found it to be quite surprising. I was like, well, if that is your version of light, I would like to know what you, I mean, like, not that I'm Not a Robot is a dark romance by any stretch. No, but that is a black moment. Sure, but is it like a poignant comedy with a lot of feels? Yes. It's not like a lighthearted romp from start to finish. Look, I didn't talk about I Am Not a Robot. Because I said you couldn't. Well, no, I, I didn't, I talk about it all the time. But all I'm saying is that black moment is one of the most, is one of the best black moments. Like if you, and if you put the romance and line it up with the external conflict, it lines up fucking perfect. Like yeah. it is a genius, genius plot. Okay. Just that's all. Okay. That, that's well, all. You brought it up. So devil, that's the only reason I mentioned it. If I'm going to, I brought it up. And so, you know what, Amy? You don't know. In, no, no, do it. No, I'm not. How can- I'm not. I'm not even. Say, I'm not saying it. I'm not uttering the word. <laughs> well, here's. I mean, and that that's the thing. I and I totally agree with you because. So I would say. So my, I have I have romance books where it's a very, it, I would say it's gray, and for sure. And I wrote it that way on purpose. I wrote like an intentionally lighthearted romance with a with a gray moment. Because that's what I was, you know, some that's like a comfort read. 
Yeah. I would say when people talk about like beach reads, comfort reads, you're getting gray moments in there. I just wrote a holiday romance. Oh. And it's and it's got a gray moment and yeah. it's intentional. But yeah, I mean like that's not normally my go-to. Mm-hmm. And but I when it comes to stories like that, I don't think that's what you're meant to remember about the story. Right. You're not and meant to remember the con- and that's totally fine. That's what I'm saying like I'm not dumping on Hallmark movies. Yeah. I just gravitate towards stuff with conflict. And so I'm not I'm not I mean I'm not a big holiday romance movie watching person for conflict. You know, you know, no. like when I watch a holiday <laughs> romance, it is just for like the lovely holiday feels of it. Yeah. And I mean, th- and that's why I watch rom-coms. I don't really want, I, I write it for like the silly, I, or I'm sorry. I watch them for like the silly moments. Like I want like, the push and pull of them getting together. You want the, Samantha and Rachel. Yeah, I want the banter. That's what I want. I don't watch those for the black moments. But I do watch, um, I would like I would say like a romance, like a healer that has like suspense. I want a really good black moment in, in, a, in a drama like healer. Does that make sense? Like yeah. if you have a mystery or a suspense action element behind that that romance drama that's when i want a really good black moment i'm still trying to wrap my head around the i'm not a robot thing because i think that's one of the most powerful black moments in all of k-drama and it's like the whole black moment i'm crying because it lasts forever yeah that person is wrong and i think they got their (laughs) I, (laughs) i am just point flat out if it was one of you don't i will fight Better not but be one of our listeners. You can fight it. So, okay, Amy, before, you know, this is your chance. I'm opening the door for you to do it if you want to. Do you want to talk about the drama you like to talk about a lot? <laughs> what is my favorite? My favorite black moment is Goblin. Okay, fine. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, it's a great black moment. She's, like, so sad. And, like, that whole black moment is so dark. It's the tea shot. Yeah, is... I watch it over and over again. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's all. That's it's good. Sorry. So one thing we didn't talk about, but just to touch on really quickly, because we talked a lot about ro- black moments in the context of romance. I mean, that's mostly what we do. And mm-hmm. HEAs is sometimes the black moment is a big all is lost moment, and then there's some sort of like character growth that happens. Things shift then they all fucking die. <laughs> and that does happen. It does. That does so happen. I would say that, that when they are dead, that's not the black moment. <sighs> right. Necessarily. Unless they die, and then there's, like, another character has to unpack it and right. deal with it. But yeah. I've seen, I have seen K-dramas. I mean, look, at this point, we're fucking spoiling everything. If you haven't seen Mr. Sunshine, oh, a lot of people are dead by the end of Mr. Sunshine. I feel like that black moment is hard to, it's just like a bunch of people dying in that black moment. Like yeah. that is the black moment. Cause there really isn't anything like after that. There's no like time for the characters to like overcome. It just is. I think that there's a black moment that's, I would say if I had to pick the black moment in Mr. Sunshine, it's going to be 
I'd have to, I mean, I might change my mind because I haven't thought about this deeply because it just occurred to me. But I okay. think it would be when Mr. Sunshine, it's not when Mr. Sunshine dies. Because at that point, he is choosing to sacrifice himself. And that's not a black moment to me. Yeah, you're right. Not, not for that drama. No. I mean, at that point, like he's doing, like, he's like, I'm going to save the heroine. I'm going to go off. In yeah, there's no, there's no all is lost. How are we going to survive this? Like, you know, he's going to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think it's more early before they all. I mean, that's why I think it actually is a little bit more before they all start to die when they kind of are like waging like there's some point within like their final. Their final ops to like oversee everything before like it's somewhere further back because by the time Mr. Sunshine dies, it's an right. act of love. You're right. And when Gudong Mei dies, it is an act of like you you know, you see him basically go into the afterlife looking back at his body being torn apart as he's like, Well, I'm at peace, peace out, like <laughs> my body. And then before that, we see Si Hung, who is sacrificing himself for everyone as they're beating him alive. And he's laughing and trying to still be a jokester as they, like, beat him into, like, a bloody piece of marmalade. So, black moment in any of those? It's like, no, they've already made their choice. Like, that's their choice. Like, they've chosen these, like, heroic deaths almost. It's more, it's more, it's like like when they have to make that choice. So, I I I said at the beginning that, you know, this beat follows after the bad guys, the bad guys close in, then there's a climax. And then, so I would say in this instance, they kind of like, the bad guys close in and that's the black moment. Mm-hmm. Like when they all sort of come to, because I think they, at that point, there's like, they know all is lost. And so all three of them collectively make the decision, well, this is what I'm going to do. Right. And then during the, cli- during essentially like the climax. So it's, I mean, the beats are shifted. But yeah, I'm almost wondering if, um, like, in Mr. like, I'm just pulling up the name so I don't butcher it because I, so in Kudohina, there's like oh. maybe something there in Kudohina. It's not her death either, I guess. Oh. It might be kind of, but it's around there, which is like three deaths back, four deaths <laughs> three back. Deaths back. <laughs> where, you know, she's the first of the main characters to go down the, go on the long bridge tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and she's piggybacking on Gudong Mei, the angry samurai, and is like, you know, FYI, I did really vibe on you. Oh. <laughs> Stop. I know. Stop. I know. With her one shoe. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. So I guess my point is just that, like, you know, you can have a black moment and deaths after because yeah. I found, like, all of them dying sad, horrifically sad. And I'm not quite sure if I would place that as the black moment because. I guess it depends on who, like, whose eyes you're looking through as far as, like, the story there, right? Yeah. Like, if you're looking at this at Goetian's story, mm-hmm. then it is 
because really everybody's doing this for her and for her mm-hmm. cause, right? So then it's like, well, how is she going to survive all of this? Like, how how is this going to end well for her? And we do see like how it does, right? So I think I, th- I think it's like a domino effect, black moment of like all of the bad things happening. And then thinking to yourself, well, okay, so what's the happy ending to this drama if there is one, you know, kind of thing. And there may not be need. I mean, in that one, it's there's very, not always one, but there is. It's a hopeful ending. Yeah, this one is hopeful. It's not like Strangers from Hell, where you have the black moment and then the very end is like, oh, it's a lot like um, it's less clear, but it's more usual suspect ish. And that you're right. like, oh shit, mm. did the person who just like got through the whole thing like did I just get fucked like hoodwinked that whole time? Right. Was it like an unreliable narrator for the entire mm-hmm. thing? Mm-hmm. It's funny. Cause actually I was trying to think of like for the script, I was trying to think of popular, you know, black moments in cinema that like were easy to pull out. And I thought of usual suspects, but I was sort of like having a hard time figuring out where it was. Cause usual suspects, again, I feel like that, there's a domino of murder. Yeah, it's like a, it's like <laughs> right. written, just that's and, and you know again. When you like, yeah, when you have an unreliable narrator type thing, I I think that's a whole other sort of situation, because yeah. then when when you get to the end and you're questioning everything you just experienced, it's yeah. fun stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you consider the black moment then. I mean, but it's yeah, kind of I, fun I, to think though. It's kind of fun it to is. like go back through and be like, okay, well, where? Because the whole part of the black moment obviously is the main character has experienced a massive failure or setback that makes them think they're not going to reach their goal. And a lot of times, the, and so the black moment is when they need to either be honest with themselves, they need to reconfigure their goals, and then it, like the final climax. So but, often right, that's but that... when there's a final battle. But then do you get to the end and realize, oh, wait a minute. Kaiser Sose is the main character. Like, right. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's that's the whole thing. So weird. Sorry, I just spoiled Usual Suspects. It's like a 30-year-old I mean... movie. Like, go <laughs> see it if you haven't yet. But, like, yeah, I mean, that's – that's, and I think that's a really cool thing. Like, I love, I love that where you're like, well, wait a minute. I was watching the whole thing for, through the wrong people – wrong person's eyes. Right. And so I that's why that, I look at I look at Mr. Sunshine and I I look at it as who's the person who sort of, you know, quote unquote wins at the end, survives, and it's a shin. And so then I look at it through her eyes and I think it is like a domino effect of like mm-hmm. yeah. everybody losing for her. Yeah. So kind of falling in line with that conversation, what's a black moment that had us thinking it wouldn't end well and yet we held out hope only for it to end tragically? And for this one, I said, you know, it could even be like a subplot or a sub-romance or something like that. So I'm going to skip back to uh, Crash Landing on You for a second here. <laughs> it's um, Sedan and Gusung Jun. And so, like, talk about like a character switch, right? Like, he sacrifices himself um, to go save her. She's kidnapped because of him. Um, and it is this awesome, like, warehouse gunfight where he walks in like a fucking badass and just starts wasting he does. all of the bad guys. Like, wasting, wasting them. <laughs> Love it. But then he gets shot. And because of the way this drama had gone, because we had 
you and Sari get shot. We had Captain Ree get shot and survive. So I'm like, well, Goosung Jun's going to pull out of this. Um, but he does not. He dies in the ambulance. But we have that. So it is for, for Sedan, like, how the fuck do you survive this when you find, like, you have spent the entire drama trying to force a man who doesn't love you to marry you only to finally fall in love and know what real love is for like an hour <laughs> and then he dies and it's like talk about dark night of the soul like how is she going to survive this and because sedan is a fucking badass herself like she basically like grabs life by the fucking balls after this and is like i am going to live for me like from here on out mm-hmm. um and it's it's an awesome ending as far as awesome endings can come from you know having the love of your life for like a hot minute and they die look i didn't know what moon lovers i'm gonna do moon lovers i didn't i knew moon lovers was controversial i didn't know what it was gonna do so moon when lovers, you watched it you mean yeah like, like oh, i didn't okay. know like i knew it was a controversial ending but like right. what does that mean right right so essentially what moon lovers has at the end is the king is it has gone through a lot of effort to get with his lady love but she's never going to be the queen and can never give him an heir so he finally relents to reason and power and decides you know what I'm always going to love my lady love. She's always going to be like number one in my heart, but I'm going to go and fuck me, my sister and get her pregnant (laughs) sister. Who's always loved him too. So sister gets what she thinks she wants, which is she gets the ring on her finger of her brother, but then it's like womp womp. He actually doesn't really love you. He loves the heroine played by IU. So I use pregnant and she's like, nopes out are you out so she goes and stays with another prince played by the actor jisoo and the king just goes and is like a little bitch basically and hides in the bushes and like watches her hanging out with his brother and thinks that they're like falling in love when really like the brother loves her actually but like they're really just like connecting she goes to give birth to the baby and dies. <laughs> so then you're like, oh shit, man. Like now what? Like now <laughs> what? The heroine's fucking dead. <laughs> like not, like what do we do? <sighs> but it's not over till it's over. So she wakes up in her contemporary body with amnesia. Doesn't remember anything. And is just going about her daily life. And that's how that ends. So, I mean, I can get to where we go for resolution, but basically the black moment is the heroine fucking dies and gets yeeted to the modern day. <laughs> and then has amnesia? That's and the then has amnesia. And that's it? Well, what the fuck? Well, no, that's not completely it. Then she goes to a museum after like a year or so of like living in the modern world. And she's just like hanging out, looking at like old early Joseon paintings and sees a picture of Lee Jun Gi's king and starts to cry and is like, what's happening? And then all of a sudden has this like flood of memories and that's her ending. 
And his is realizing that he has a flash forward to where he's hanging. He's going for a sad walk and comes across his brother. Who's got this cute little girl with him fucking figures out pretty quickly. Like that's my baby. (laughs) And then realizes that she had been writing him love letters after love letters that he had been too much of a little bitch to like take to read because he was mad that she left after he fucked his sister and (laughs) married her. (laughs) And so the end is essentially him with his like scar looking out across the palace. Like I'm going to find you wherever, because he also realizes she's a time traveler. He's like, I'm going to find you wherever you are. End scene. Yeah, that's why they need a second... What in the world? I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could watch that. I mean, it's thrilling. Thrilling. It's horrible. (laughs) And it's like, holy shit. And so there is rumor that there is a scene. I feel like I've seen it, but I think I hallucinated seeing it. I think I saw a still of it. Where potentially there was an epilogue that was shot. Where it's her back in modern day again. And she's, like, stepping off a street and something happens and, like, an umbrella comes over and she looks over and it's the king. Like, him in modern clothes. I mean, just give us fucking that. There's right, no, right. Like, like, that's it. Like, we don't need to know how it happened. No, like, no, it's him going full Gary Oldman, Dracula, like, I will cross oceans of time to find you. Yeah. And. Wow. <laughs> <gasps> uh, so it's not a it's not a tragedy, but it's also very much like a dot dot dot. But anyway, so the black moment though is like the heroine literally just fucking dies and she died. The body she's in is dead. Yeah, I believe you. <laughs> that's nuts. I didn't know that's how it ended. And I that's... did not either. So I got to that and then I was like, Well what now? And then I was like, Oh no, that's it. That's Oh no, it. that's <laughs> Oh no, it's done. <laughs> oh man. That's crazy. Still maybe in my top five for pure fucking bananas pulp love. Well, that's, that's black moments, everybody. I mean, geez. Yeah. So I'm really curious to hear what people think. So, uh, I would like, you know, when we post about this on social media, let, let us know what you think. I'm really curious what black moments like stood out to you. Um, and yeah, what which ones made you cry? I always want to know which ones make you cry because a good black moment, a good black moment will make you cry. But I I also want to know like a black moment that made you cry but that still ended well because that's that's my that's my crack. Yes, give us the hea, please. Yes, please. I am not a robot. Gave me an hea, and and it's got a dark black moment, a yeah. really dark one. Whoever that person was, I'm gonna I'm gonna cross. <laughs> ocean and time to fight that person. <laughs> I have crossed oceans of time. Oh my god, Gary Oldman. I would I would let Gary Oldman do anything to me. I love Gary Oldman. Yeah. Do you, do you know eat that, me like Edong Ook? Do you know that Gary Oldman did a short guest stint on Friends? Of course you're gonna say Who was did he have a love interest? No, he he played a a drunk actor that Joey was in a movie with, filming a movie with. He's too good for fucking friends. What was he doing? <laughs> oh god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm Seriously, <at> it. <laughs> you like that? You like that pun? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was a fun one. 
if there's another if also if you are familiar with writing beats or listen to our podcast on them and there's a there's like a beat that you want us to talk about like maybe we can have a whole podcast on our favorite fun and games beat in romance because we did we did meet cutes didn't we we i don't know if we i thought we did meet cutes if not I think we did, but if not, we could do like any other beats. So like, let us know. Like I said, fun and games would be kind of cute. We could just talk about every drama that has a claw. I do like fun and games. games. That could be fun to talk because here's the thing too, is I rush over my fun and games always. Oh, I do too. Because there's no conflict in fun and games. Yeah. It's kind of hard. It's so. It's it's, fun for the reader and the viewer. It's not fun to write fun and games. Yeah, as much as then, it is to like kill your darling. I mean, a good fun in games though is when there's a conflict hovering in the background, and you know it's going to catch up to them. Right, that's always good. So anyway, all right. Well, that's all for now. Thanks for listening, everyone. Till next week. Kamsamnida. Thank you for listening to Afternoon of Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to afternoonadelight.com. That's A-F-T-E-R-N-O-O-N-A-D-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K-pop and K-skincare recs, and if you want even more Afternoon of Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon, where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, annyeong!